Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Stevie Nelson. I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. Steve, this is our listener outreach episode. We've got emails. We've got Instagram responses. We've got voicemails. So many forms of communication. We have been. (laughs) This is the this is why we have been truly begging uh, everybody to send us some correspondence because we're using it in this episode and in episodes beyond this. So yeah, we want a huge sample size. You know, we want some stuff to pluck from when you're doing an experiment, a science experiment, as both of us are obviously scientists. Yes. And this show is the greatest experiment, the greatest science experiment of all time. Um, you do need uh, a sample size and we got a nice sample size from so many different forms of um, technology. How <laughs> yeah. exciting. Yes. So uh, we're going to delve in right now. Here we go. Okay, we asked to hear from you. We did. We've been doing it for months. Yep. Uh, you've heard our pleas. You've sent us your emails. You've sent us your voicemails. You've responded to Stevie and I on Instagram uh, in a very wonderful feature they have where you can just ask people questions uh, and they can respond anonymously. My favorite. Yeah, they don't have to, you don't have to hear their name and you'll no one will ever know who yeah. it was and we'll just read the answers. It's a refillable bucket. Like if we do this episode, this kind of episode again, yeah. the same people could respond and it'll it won't matter because yep. we're not reading anybody's name uh, uh, yeah. you know off of those. For all we know, uh, there's only one of you responding to all of these over and over email and voicemail. Over. We'll be able to detect it though with the voices. Yeah, if you're disguising your voice, <laughs> we'll unless know. you're doing a really good job, we'll know. Um, Stevie, yeah, how you doing? I'm okay, Dave. How are you? I'm also okay. Truth is, in a terrible mood. You ever, <laughs> <laughs> do you ever wake up just like quite? It doesn't happen to me often, which I think makes it worse for me. Yeah, just on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. That I, happened. I th- I had one of those, I feel okay, oops, what's happening? Everything in my day is going wrong. And some of it's pretty mild. For example, was already out and about going to the gym, forgot my headphones. And I know it's... Mild, but on, also it really lowers the enjoyment of your workout. I couldn't go. I came home yeah. and I, I gamed out my time between then and now. And I just, mm-hmm. I haven't gone. I... I I took the L. I showered instead. I took the workout loss. Sometimes you got to take the L. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I need to move my body today. It might help a little bit. I'll be doing that after this. Um, and I will be walking as many miles as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look cool. You look deliberate. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. To our listeners, uh, Stevie looks like she, um, she's about to be, uh, mean to someone on a tv show at a <laughs> restaurant but you like that character more than the character that's being she's talked to honest yes because she's yeah. honest and she's got like so or it's like a movie and there's like a climactic monologue that someone comes in and goes i just got to tell you something yeah and you go holy shit that was devastating and also feels like it could have been improvised uh, i don't think anyone but this person could say could something say, like that. Said that yeah wow i yeah. wish that was the case instead i'm just living here in this body <laughs> The opposite of acting in something is just existing in this body. Just like sitting in your own bones, just being like, well, same bones, different day. 
I hate that. I think that contributes to my bad mood the most sometimes where I, I just have a feeling of this is it. Oh, man, I have like I have moments of remembering that feeling in particular. I had that today, too, where I was like, this is all there is. But on a different day, I wake up and I'm like, this is all there is. Like, it's yeah. a, it's a different thing, but it's it's interesting. I guess uh, all of that to say it's all right to have a bad day. Oh, 100 percent. It doesn't feel all right, but it is all right. It doesn't feel great, but I do feel like we're already turning it around. Because I know I feel much better with you here being on mic talking to you. I do feel like it is a bit of a, a switch being flipped because Thank God. I genuinely do like doing this show. And the fact that we get to hear from our listeners in this episode, uh, it makes me feel good. And yeah, we'll me see, too. We'll see if we we'll see if we can't help some people. But we, at the very least, you will be heard from. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. If all we can do today is let you know we've heard your messages and we're reading your stuff, you know, that might be enough. We're of service to some degree. Yeah. And I want to send a really quick shout out to past guest Brendan Smith because earlier today I listened to an episode of his show, The Brando Cast. Yeah. And it put me in such a good, like better elevated mood than I already was in because I, I started the day kind of low. Yeah. And you, you think we talk about specifically about uh, Los Angeles, nothing compared to this guy. Uh, he's just, uh, he's a wealth of information and he, yeah, his, he's, he's great. He's good. Pe- he's good people. He's good people. He is. Um, speaking of good people. Yeah. Should we hear from some of our voicemailers? I'm dying to. Okay. Um, I, I want to see if I can get this number by heart. I'm not even looking at the card. Two one three four five eight five two three six. Does that sound right? It feels like energetically right it's correct wow listeners you're the only one who knows that number between the two of us 213-458-5236 say it to me um 213-458-5 yes three close eight 213-458-5236 is the telephone number yeah it's the number that these wonderful listeners called in and use to leave these voicemails yeah and um we'll pause in between and either just talk about them or if there's a specific question being asked we'll do our best to answer it and, so and just so you guys know it's the first time i'm hearing these which i'm very excited to go in blind yeah here we go hey uh, my name is whitney and i'm calling because i thought maybe you guys would be able to help me answer some questions um i am in my early 30s i just got divorced uh, out of a high school relationship and dating isn't coming to me easily on the other side of this divorce um i don't know how to flirt with men and i've never been on one single date as an adult because i was married to my high school sweetheart like i said so it's all just unknown territory for me, and I'm finding it pretty intimidating. Um, I'm kind of closing myself off in public and, um, you know, not making eye contact and maybe using my phone too much rather than looking open to conversations. And so I know that that's why I'm not having conversations with people that might turn into dates. But there are some things I need to work on. People in my life tell me it's going to happen when it happens. It'll come naturally if it's supposed to. But there are definitely certain skills, you know, maybe conversational skills or the way that we present ourselves that are a really integral part of dating. So I was calling to see if you guys could maybe name like five skills 
that you think a person could work on in order to make themselves more confident when it comes to being a potential date? And um, I would really appreciate that. I look forward to hearing your answers. Thank you. Five skills. Wow. Okay. First of all, my first thing is, Whitney, you are a great communicator. Yeah. So that's you, one skill already. That's or you already have the one skill that's probably necessary for going on a date. I, I would think say that's the most important one. Yeah, communication. Whitney, I don't want to butter your bread too much. We could go through four more, but I genuinely, and this is someone who's been on uh, dates and possibly even been in full relationships with people who were poor communicators. Yeah. And um, any any other wonderful quality, it's not enough if you can't uh, speak your mind and say how you're feeling. Right. I agree. Maybe um, also paired with some levity. So like that's really I think levity is very important for dating. Oh, sure. I, right. Be, I but mean, that's not a skill you can really work on. I'm, I'm I guess your sense of humor you could. But just uh, sprinkling in sense of humor maybe. Well, to that end, I think levity is so important. But I, I kind of do feel like there does seem to be a lot of pressure weighing down on this situation you haven't been on a date as an adult you were married to your high school sweetheart i'm doing some of the relationship in age math and it seems like you may have missed out on the whole like i mean if you met your partner and your former partner in high school you clearly didn't meet on an app you probably not done any app dating yeah the i mean half of the bad comedy in america is about how different things are now and about how everything's on your phone so it definitely is an it seems like it can be insurmountable if you've never tried it before. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think it's like uh, one thing at a time. You know, I, I do. Patience? Agree. Yeah, I mean, patience is great. It's like, I don't is know. Is that a third skill? I mean, I think it is a good skill in dating, especially because there's no urgency. Like, I really believe that. Like, if you're supposed to meet someone, you always will. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, being patient also reads as confidence, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're patient enough, I do think those things come naturally. Um, I do think dates come naturally. And Especially, well, with the part that you said you're closing off, I think it's really important in order to show up for your life as is to stay open, um, whatever that means, like doing activities you love, um, going out with friends. It's okay to uh, have like periods in your life where you contract a bit more, but I think if you're dating, if you're really dating, and you're trying to date, staying open is incredibly, A, attractive, and B, it will allow you to meet the people you're supposed to meet. I absolutely agree. I think that uh, those are all extremely good and useful points. Um, To your friends, or to respond to your friends who've said it'll happen when it happens, Yeah, I do believe in timing, but I can't put that on my list of five i think we were close to having five skills as far as like well timing uh, that's not a skill it's just like that happens when two people come together so like i believe in patience is a skill me too so but but genuinely saying it'll happen when it happens knowing the way that the world works now and the way that people date now i think that it's a little bit wishful thinking slightly i think you have to make some moves on your own but dave that being said i don't have any apps and i don't have any of that stuff i'm not doing anything you have in your life though yeah but i'm not right now but be well and i am open 
you are open, but are you are you looking? Are you actively looking? Do you feel like looking? Because if you don't feel like it, that that's a great reason not to. I, it's I, not that even. It's not even that I'm not actively looking. It's like I do honestly subscribe to the like. I personally subscribe to the like whatever is meant for me will will come to me, regardless of if I have, if I'm actively trying or not. But I think I mean, and I, I was jotting some stuff down as we were talking. Yeah. And tell me if you disagree. We were asked for for five skills or five steps and i think you embody all of these things patience levity communication confidence and openness but she did ask how to become more confident how to become more confident i mean but i i agree with that i i think those are really good skills for dating tell me if you think this is valid yeah and i'll speak directly to whitney on this okay i have never been married my longest relationship is two years uh i certainly if i (laughs) if i was still with the person that i was you know in love with in in high school uh or 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 was with them for longer than the nine months we were together yeah uh, it would be a a, an amazing tremendous feat and so (laughs) um i feel there is some confidence to be derived from the ability to sustain maintain and nourish a relationship and i while I don't think that's the same as as having a, an amazing aptitude for dating, I do think that they're very connected. And I think that that is absolutely something to be confident about. The ability to maintain a lasting relationship is huge. A yeah. lot of people on the dating scene don't have that. Yeah, and I think you're not a, you're definitely not alone in the wave of people going through divorces now having been married to people they knew in high school or college. You're not alone in that. And I think probably the thing that will help you the most in going out there and dating is just being honest about where you're at too. Like saying you've never dated in, you know, you haven't dated as as an adult. I have a friend who has never dated as an adult is now dating. It's definitely like a different skill set. You know, it's definitely like a whole different world, but I think it's like, that would probably be very refreshing for someone to meet um, like Whitney and have them be like, wow, she's never dated. So she's not like playing games. She's not like doing any of these things. And possibly not jaded in the way that a lot of people oh, are. Now. I mean, yeah, Whitney, I'm jaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, Whitney has never dated. Whitney has never encountered the concept of ghosting, the concept of a fuck boy, the concept of, I mean, there's always oh. been a one night stand, but there's never been like a, so, oh gosh, what I was gonna say, fucking run, but that's like a '90s term. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I feel like there she's is, lucky. I think there's some power in that. I do too, and I think there's probably optimism that goes with it. I think it's uncharted territory, and just be gentle with yourself and be patient, and it will all come as it's supposed to. Whitney, I hope that helped. Yeah. Let us know. I'm a- actually, please do let us know and give us an update on how it's going. Yeah, we want to hear. We uh, want to hear how your first date goes. Yes, please. Uh, okay, here's our here's our uh, here's our next uh, call. Hey, Stevie and Dave, um, this is the first time I've ever called into a podcast, but um, after listening to the last one where you two talked about uh, romantic movies, I I really feel like I need to throw some um, throw some some good words your way. Um, my wife and I have been married for thirty years. Uh, I got we got married very young. Uh, I was 19, she was 18. Uh, none of, neither of us know squat about dating. We know lots about food, and um, we know lots about movies. That's how we kind of bonded was was through movies. Uh, so when Harry met Sally, that was one a big one for us. 
uh, Princess Bride, of course. Uh, when Gross Point Blank was was mentioned, that that's our movie. Uh, we 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 quote that movie all the time, and um, uh, so yeah. I, whenever whenever one of us is acting goofy, one of us will quote the movie. <laughs> Many drivers does a little thing with her finger. You're a fucking psycho, and that we do that to each other all the time. Um, but anyway. <laughs> The the list of movies that you guys gave me is uh, very helpful because um, we we got a little bit of a bump over the uh, uh, we had a bumpy ride over over the the holidays. My son moved out. Our 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 only son. Um, it was time for him to move out. He's grown up, um, and some in laws moved in uh, for a little bit, and they interrupted our little love nest and. Um, we've gotten rid of them now, uh, but, but there's a there's some there's there's an aftermath that we're getting through, uh, and maybe watching some of these movies together, my wife and I, um, from this list that you gave, will help us get back on track. Um, a lot of these I'd never heard of uh, because you know I'm almost fifty. I I, <laughs> I I don't I don't I hardly get to the movies anymore, um, but. Yeah, uh, this is a very good list. Oh, looks like the mailman's here. This is a very good, good list. I appreciate the podcast, and I love you guys. Uh, thank you very much. Bye. Oh, Dave, wow. Sir, thank you so much. Right off the bat, I just want to say, do not watch All the Real Girls and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. No. Don't do it. That will not help your relationship. Those are not romantic <laughs> movies. I know that they were on our list. <laughs> Don't do they it. They are of or pertaining to romance, which I guess technically makes them romantic. However, uh, we want to help you get over that bump in the road in your relationship. Yes. We want to keep it cute. We want to keep it light. Keep uh, it, keep it nice. Let me, let me, th- let me throw. Um, you know, you like when Harry met Sally. Let, Sally, let me throw. Forget Paris on there. That's another Billy Crystal comedy. Uh, okay. uh him and Deborah Winger. It's adorable. Stevie, we're trying to keep it adorable for adorable. this wonderful man and his wife. Hundred and one Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. I mean, he's got a dog. The dog barked when I the mailman yeah. came. That movie is about a lady who that. wants to turn a bunch of dogs into a coat, so. but then doesn't. <laughs> that's a spoiler. Uh, he's seen it. <laughs> Um, um, but I love I love that message. Also, I want to say two calls in a row with people with their high school sweethearts, eighteen and nineteen. You guys got married. My parents met when they were nineteen, and it feels like um, a, a fantasy, like impossible. I mean, there is definitely a world, like an alternate reality, where I married like my high school boyfriend. What's he doing right now? He's married to another girl from my high school, <gasps> and they have two kids. Really? Yeah, he has a very normal life in like uh, LA adjacent area. Are you in any sort of contact with him at all? Uh, only in on social media. Does it seem like his life is nice? It seems like what he wanted. Yeah. Hmm. It seems also like what I didn't want. Well, sure. I don't want that. Well, that's why you don't have it. I know it is why I don't have it. Um, this call really touched me and it's not just it's really because nice. uh, of how utterly obsessed I am with with movies in general. Um, it, it is just for a relationship to thrive. I really genuinely think you do have to have a lot of what might feel superficial. You might, a lot of those things in common, like liking the same kind of artistic output, ha- being able to be on a long road trip and listening yeah. to either the same 
well, podcast or music. Well, and food and movies are big. Mm-hmm. If you can agree on those things, you're going to have a great relationship. Honestly, it's uh, somebody, I believe it was uh, the comedian Chelsea Peretti was talking about how uh, t- TV writing, like making a TV writer's room a lot of times boils down to it's not always who's the most fantastic writer on paper. It's who do you want to eat lunch with every day? Yeah. And I think a really good relationship is marked by who would you be interested in eating dinner with four to six times a week, watching movies and TV shows with two, three nights a week? Maybe the thing for a relationship is who would you like to eat dinner with in your bed? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, because there are people I want to eat dinner with, but I don't want them anywhere in my bedroom. Yeah. So it's like, who would you like in your bed eating dinner with you? Yeah. What are some good bed dinner foods, do you think? I think Chinese food feels... Oh, my God. (laughs) Someone's sauce. (laughs) Open up a fortune cookie in your bed with all the crumbs, you know, Mm. reading a generic fortune that says something like, you're going to live a long and prosperous life. And you're like, ugh, more of this? Truth will come to those who are true. Uh, Come on. Who the heck? Who was on break when that got typed up? I'd love to rewrite those. Um, Um, But yeah, keep going. I love that you know what your... uh, what you guys bond over mm-hmm. if you know that yeah i hope you guys bond over this list of movies keep them uh keep them friendly and light and if you don't like them um try and watch one that's uh highly rated on rotten tomatoes yeah I, yeah but yeah definitely stay away from the blue valentines don't and the blue them. is the warmest colors yeah. and the call me by your names of the world because those are really um those will rip your heart out and if you're trying to get over like a little relationship hurdle yeah um you know you, you might want to start with some of the lighter stuff and also congrats on getting those in-laws out of there you know i've seen at this point probably four or five sitcoms with that premise the parents move back in with the adult kids and i always go this isn't real I know. and it turns out it came from somewhere well yeah also it's exact when we were listening to that i was like the kid moves out and the in-laws movement is exactly what every sitcom is. Yeah. Good to know. It's the, it's the empty nester. So like we finally have our house back. Ding dong. Yep. Oh, Honey, no. we sold the condo. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that the in-laws seem to be out too. And now you can get back to your, uh, as you called it, your love nest. Yeah. Get back in there. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, that was a very, uh, I, ke- I continue to be touched by these. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, we have one more for now. I want to hear uh, it. We're going to play it. Hi, Stevie and Dave, longtime listener. So I just listened to the episode that you guys did with Dave's friend, Mookie, and you talked about kind of after you break up with someone and you're sad and you don't eat, but that's kind of the time where you get the most compliments from people. And I really related to that, you know, coming from a background of kind of eating disorder stuff. And, you know, I just, I thought it was really cool that you guys talked about it because I feel like that's not something that People mention a lot how there's this weird social pressure that you feel to kind of continue those negative behaviors in order to maintain that physical form. And, you know, also just like the transition into the mindset of loving yourself enough that you're like, what I want to do for my body and the kind of energy that I want to attract is things that are healthy for me and that make me feel in my power. And you know, if you guys wanted to talk a little more about that and just what that mental journey is kind of like and how you, if you still confront that social pressure of feeling like, oh, people want me to look a certain way or if you've totally superseded that now at this point in your life because, you know, that's really present, I think, for me and a lot of 20-somethings. And I'd just like to know, you know, is that something that you 
feel like you can kind of get past or how does your relationship to social pressures change when it relates to your own body? So anyway, thank you guys so much. Love the show. Ooh, I love this one. Yeah, this is a really good one. It's it's so good. I can speak to it a little bit. Um, also, as a person who used to suffer from an eating disorder and is in recovery for that, I can speak to this a little bit through just what I've learned. Um, I read a book called Intuitive Eating, and it's probably one of the best books I've ever read that deals with uh, overcoming eating disorders mm-hmm. in a really healthy way that also promotes self-love. And one of the premises in the book is um, telling people you're not allowed to comment on my body. Oh. Yeah. So when people comment on my weight now or, hey, you look really skinny or, hey, like what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. I just say, oh, please don't comment on my body. And I set the boundary. And that is kind of alleviated the social pressure. I also don't get weighed when I go to the doctors. You can say no. So when doctors ask to weigh me, I say no. Ooh, that's great. I didn't know that. I mean, I guess it's, they can't physically put you on a scale, but I've never, uh, yeah, yeah. it's irrelevant to most of the reasons I go to the doctor. So Mm -hmm. unless it's relevant to that, like I say no and no one cares and they don't mind. You don't even have to explain yourself. You can just say, no, thank you. And, um, but all that to be said too, I think the more, I think the relationship to, um, becoming sort of immune to social pressure and self-love, I think they're really highly correlated. So the more I like myself and the more, which I, which I get through uh, being of service to others, um, showing up for myself and for my friends, mm-hmm. um, following through on things I want to do, nurturing sort of like my own hobbies and activities and doing things that like bring me joy, I then don't, it's not really relevant to me what other people think. Like, at the end of the day, if I'm living a full life, if I really like who I am, I don't care what others are thinking. So that's sort of how I've overcome social pressure. Of course, it seeps in sometimes. Sometimes someone will make a comment about like, say your hair, like I like you better blonde or whatever they want to say about hair color or your appearance. And truth is, of course, it affects you to some degree. But the but the other truth and the stronger truth for me is like, I like myself as is. And so therefore, what you think is really none of my business. And also I don't care. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I mean, I think it's a, uh, you know, I was, I was sort of not waiting, li- listening to the call and waiting to see, waiting to see, um, sort of where this caller was in her life. And she says in my twenties yeah. and I, and I feel as though we've done a lot of work on the show to sort of not split up the differences between being in your 20s and being in your 30s but it sort of has become an unofficial theme because i think that just getting a little bit more control and having a little bit more knowledge about what you put into your body does feel very 30s and i think some people have deal with it their whole lives and are conscious of it when they're uh teenagers i mean i was just i was at uh the gym the other day and I saw a kid who reminded me so much of me at you know 12 or 13 and he was on a treadmill and I just Mm. I just thought about how I mean obviously things have changed but I can't even I couldn't have even told you where there was a gym close to where I lived when I was a kid oh wow I was working out at 13 I bet yeah Ugh, what a dark what how dark but yeah like 
because there's a That's difference between I play sports and I swim and like I'm at the gym next to a 36 year old man like yeah. on the elliptical machine sweating it out with like a parent close by who's doing curls. Yeah. But for me, I think that changing the way I've thought about what I'm doing a little bit has has helped me. I haven't always had the best view or opinion of myself or my body or my appearance or my weight and being able to sort of take a more holistic healthy mm, approach yeah. and again like i don't think that this is a anything new and b i i apologize if it's not especially helpful to the caller but for myself being a li- easing up a little bit and and taking the gas off or taking my foot off the gas of the way you look and feel is not acceptable and the way that people perceive you is not right and you should be getting a different kind of attention and sort of transferring some of that energy onto, I just want to feel better. I just want to sleep better at night. I just want to feel better in the morning. Yeah. The the intention behind it is a little more, um, it feels a little more focused inward rather than on the outer appearance. I, I, I think that's a much better way of putting it than I ever could. But I think, um, my, yeah, my heart goes out to the caller because, you know, she, she, um, uh, connected with what we were talking about of when you're at your feeling your lowest and people, people say like, that oh you look God, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow what's what's your secret well, being too sad to eat yeah it's really a bummer because i do i look i think back about that time i go oh i was getting a lot of compliments and they were just falling on deaf ears i didn't really i didn't care well also i do think it's something to note and like i wish everyone on earth adopted sort of the intuitive eating like mentality of it's not okay for others to comment on your body because Mm -hmm. if everyone did that none of that would matter like sometimes when you're commenting on someone's body you're commenting on their eating disorder or on their mental illness or on their sadness or Mm -hmm. on whatever their stress and you don't even realize that so it's like it's a little I'm very careful not to comment on people's bodies and be like you look skinny because the truth is we have no idea why but I mean, until other people adopt that, you know, hopefully more and more continue to um, have awareness around it. But until then, I think the truth is just keeping the focus on you and, and also setting boundaries. Hey, don't comment on my body. Yeah. End of story. That's a very, that's an extremely good boundary. I, I would, I would, uh, I would say, caller, if you've been fast forwarding through uh, any of what I've been saying, <laughs> um, definitely set that boundary do what stevie says yeah and uh and i hope that that helps in any way me too we're gonna take uh, a short break and we'll be right back hey stevie hey dave i gotta know you're always eating kale salads and drinking smoothies and i'm trying to get on that fitness train is that the key is that what you got to do well, I think that definitely helps, but the truth is you don't get all the essential nutrients you need from those foods, even though they seem like they're giving you everything you need. Well, what are you doing then? Well, I take Ritual, which is a multivitamin for women. I take the essential for women, mm. and it basically fills the gaps in of my diet where my diet doesn't like touch. Isn't that kind of incredible? It is. Yeah. So I, I've been taking it for about a month. I take two every day, um, which equates to about a dollar a day. And it's so such a nice way to start your day because then you're, I don't know, you're like, oh, I already took my vitamin. I'm good to go. Mm. It tastes like peppermint too. That's a big plus. Huge. Delivered straight to my house every month. Just come straight to my door. And b- the subscription's so easy to start. You just can like start it and then you can easily pause it also. 
Um, and it's only a dollar a day. I can't stress that enough. That's very affordable. That's very, very good. But you and I both know that like anything, it doesn't happen overnight. So Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Yeah, you can fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. And you can go to ritual.com slash burn, start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash burn. Get it. Hey guys, Stevie here. Just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline and leave a message, 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236 and we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. All right, we are back and we are now on to the email portion of the <laughs> podcast. Very formal, but that's correct. Incredibly yeah, we, formal, Dave. These, Welcome back to the email portion. This is a uh, just a brief smattering. Uh, it's, it's scratching the surface of some of the responses we've gotten at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com we have culled through and picked some of our faves and um, we're going to read some of them and uh, talk about them and that is really all you need to know about this segment. That's all you need to know. There is no trick to it. Um, Dave, you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, This is from Avery. Dear Dave and Stevie, just wanted to send a message and say that you have both done a really amazing job this season. Oh my goodness. Avery, thank you. I'm having a bad day. Keep it coming. It has been great seeing the show evolve over the years. Yes, we have been doing this for a long time. It has evolved. Having the episodes go a little longer with the debriefs at the end of each episode have definitely been my favorite change. Wow. Good feedback. I feel like I can unpack. This is good feedback on the feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're doing. Yes. I feel like. Thank (laughs) you. I feel like I can unpack and remember the topics a lot better during that time. Awesome. I also really appreciate how authentic and real the podcast is. I obviously don't know either of you, but at least as a consumer, I feel a connection with the struggles and triumphs you share. Ugh. I think that your authenticity and honesty make every episode pretty much timeless and creates great great, great chemistry with the guests. Did my dad write this under an alias? And honestly, if so, Avery was a good choice in name because yeah. we would never guess it was your dad. <laughs> Um, the Charlene de Guzman and Allie Ward episodes from season one really come to mind when I think about episodes I still enjoy and share with people. Those are fantastic ones, guys. Go dig deep. I love both of them. Find those early ones. They were really wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all. Sorry, I don't think this will make a good, uh, make good content or anything. You're wrong. I'll tell you what, Avery. You're very wrong. It has so far made incredible content. You're dead wrong. Um, but still wanting to send some encouragement and thanks in a longer form than just a tweet wow. or comment. I think the podcast is great and really helps a lot of people. Ooh, do you know of any people that, besides you that are being helped? Because send them our way. Have them call us at 213-458-5236. <laughs> Thank um, God you know that. <laughs> I think the podcast is great. It really helps a lot of people. And I think you both are genuine and hilarious. Keep up the good work. If mm. there's ever merch to support, like enamel toast pins <gasps> or stickers, I'd be more than happy to buy. Ooh baby i genuinely have never thought of that and at the current moment there are no enamel toast pins but that could all change because i have a co-worker who makes enamel pins and she told me that they are very inexpensive to make um yeah and also we're, i was thinking about enamel pins last night actually because i was in in my dream of all dreams for the show i would 
I'm dying to have a live show someday. I'm so glad that there's more to that sentence than just I'm dying. I I'm not were, dying. Okay, good, 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 good. I'm here to stay. <laughs> um, but I am, um, I'm dying to have a live show and you better believe that live show will have little tiny toasty pins, um, enamel pins. Cheap to make. Cheap to make, according uh, to my coworker. Also, Avery, thank you so much for this email. You know, we've said this before, but there is something very special about getting any sort of feedback when you're doing a podcast because it's usually just Dave and I and a guest or Dave and I talking to one of our producers at Campfire. And it's really nice to hear feedback from somebody who's listening, who likes it. And um, it kind of feels like, oh, okay, we'll keep doing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, in in talking with you over the past you know several months this has been a really special and wonderful experience it feels more focused and more intentional than any of the previous seasons or episodes we've done and obviously we know we took an extremely long break but sometimes you got to just reboot and mm, yeah. uh, we have basically re-remembered how to do this show and i think the tweaks we've made um they feel good for us i'm glad they feel good for you that's exactly what i was gonna say was it really yeah okay are you ready for the next email i am all right this is from brian my son is relocating from oklahoma city to los angeles to begin his college life i'm wondering about what kind of women he will meet there lots of women tons I would like to tap your brains about the dating scene and climate, especially in regards to religion in the City of Angels. Stevie and Dave, I've noticed that when you interview your guests with the utmost respect, oh, I've no, Stevie and Dave, I have noticed that when you interview your guests with utmost respect and hospitality, you turn the show over to them in a sense and it prompts them to speak much more freely. Your philosophies in dealing with others, your level of patience and empathy. These are traits one would normally see in a person who has a healthy support system. I was wondering if religion has been part of your lives. Keep doing your thing. It's very informative. I realize that L LA is the cultural capital of the U.S. and most food and relationship trends start there at the hub of an artistic expression and will slowly spread toward my home state. So I feel like I'm listening much further up the grapevine than I usually manage by tuning in respectfully brian thank you brian thanks brian um well let's 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 take this email down bit by bit he wants to know what kind of women his son might encounter in los angeles mm, uh well college life is so they're college <laughs> he'll meet college girls he'll most meet, likely yeah uh college girls variety i think that the huge variety i don't think you can really la girls because they'll be coming from everywhere too right college girls are plugged in they're inquisitive they are smart they yeah. are focused and if they're in los angeles for college they are experiencing uh an extreme amount of information mm -hmm. culture like mm -hmm. he said um again you know i went to college Quite a long time ago at this point. I went to college 45 years ago. Stevie, you look amazing. They didn't even let me in. I I totally <laughs> didn't just... let you into college? 45 years ago? No way. What'd you do? You just like hid in the bushes and listened outside the window? I listened. Uh, I got one of those tin cans and I pulled it up to the, you know, the front podium thing and I went outside and listened in a can. Did what? What's like one thing that you learned? 
Oh, I learned about cognitive dissonance. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show forever. Uh Uh, No. Okay. So, so if this answer sounds vague, it's because the question is uh, very. Truthfully, uh, it wasn't a question. It was a statement. He said, I'm wondering what kind of women he will meet there, period. Mm. So. So was my interpreting it as a question like egomaniacal or just wrong or honestly um ne- little both. neither oh, i think okay. neither i think you're right and i also think um you're just trying to help um <laughs> thanks i feel i feel better yeah i think it, all sorts all i'll say is all sorts of college girls there's all sorts of college girls i think honestly and i, I didn't go i went to school on a coast i went to school in boston but i i think that no matter where you are you're going to win- encounter a lot of different kinds of not just women but people in general at at college and if the school he's going to is large the pool is going to be enormous yeah what about the second part of his question where he said i was wondering if um based on the way we interview people and our humility and compassion um were we really like is religion a part of our lives um it's actually it's it's funny because we we are both uh, we will both be attending a Shabbat dinner together mm-hmm. uh, literally tomorrow. Yeah. But that is sort of a bit of an outlier in my life. Uh, religion has not played a huge role in my life past uh, thirteen. As a uh, uh, a boy, I got to the point in my studies in Judaism where I was then considered a man and thought I'm good. I'm good. I turned into a man. I'm good. Um. However. The more I, <laughs> the more, the longer I'm alive, um, the more I can't help but think, have I missed out? Is there something else out there for me? Um, I think being inquisitive and being um, compassionate, uh, I, I do think that it's, that they are uh, facets of people who, some people who are religious, but I also think it's just, um, I think the do unto others uh, vibe I think can extend far beyond religion and into just every aspect of life so yeah. um, I wouldn't call myself a religious person I wouldn't call myself completely uh, uh, a complete heathen no you're not <laughs> no thank you you're not at all I like yourself? your answer um I you know I also would never uh, describe myself as religious though I will say I embody and uh, appreciate like things from each religion. Um, But I grew up Jewish. My mother was Jewish. My dad was Protestant, but didn't believe in anything. So I grew up celebrating all holidays, basically like Jewish holidays and Christian holidays. And as an adult, I identify like everyone does in LA, spiritual. Spiritual, open-minded. Open-minded, open-hearted, and very spiritual. I actually do love going to uh, a church in LA called Agape Spiritual Center, mm. and it's for all religions, which I'm all about that. It's it's incredible. Um, but yeah, I that's that my extent. I believe in a higher power uh, that I refer to as God, but um, also like open, like very open and uh, flexible and sort of I just kind of believe in, I actually kind of believe in everything. I I don't, especially living in LA, I think that that is a very uh, good and normal answer. I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, I can't say if it's the answer that our, our uh, emailer was looking for. I also don't know if he was looking for any specific kind of answer from us, but I will say that um, 
to put a uh, to put a fine point on it, I think that sir, your son is going to be attending college in a city full of people who are I feel open-minded. I would hope that they are open-minded in a way that extends uh, all the way, not just to um, being a hedonistic atheist, to being an open-minded religious person, yeah. to being spiritual. And it and, and I think that you can kind of, you know, you can go all the way back to Sarah Jessica Parker and the Steve Martin movie L.A. Story being a hippy dippy yoga girl in 1992 and that sort of kicking off the stereotype of oh i'm not religious but i am spiritual but i think that that sort of does typify the curiosity and the open-heartedness of a lot of people that i know out here yeah and so whether or not your son is going to fall into a bible study group his first his first week of school i think that it's hard to turn a corner in Los Angeles without meeting someone who, yeah. who is has a curiosity about the world. Yeah, there's everyone from everywhere, which is so wonderful. Yep. Dave, tell us about your next email. It comes from a reader named Spencer. Dear Stevie, now this is addressed to you only, but I think maybe... Wow, that's wild. I, I think maybe it counts. I think I count too. Yeah, that was a, that was a typo. Uh, I mean, whoever wrote this hey, email... Hey, but I just, Spence, if it wasn't a typo, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good to be thought of. It's nice. I just, you know, I did set up the email address myself. Dear Stevie and Dave, thanks for taking interest to my little problems in my relationship. A little backstory... I met this wonderful lady about five months ago. We hit it off wonderfully. She has three dogs and I have one and they get along perfectly when I spend the weekend at her house. And my pup joins me. I am so confused. Is this not one of my ex-boyfriends? <laughs> maybe. Okay. Well, here's my problem. I've been having, maybe this is your ex-boyfriend. Listen, I've been having insecurities about our relationship. The worst part is that I know they're all inside my head. I have full trust in her, but I'm unfortunately the type of person that needs reassurance. I mean, who isn't Spencer? Everyone needs that. I know how old and tiring I can get. I feel annoyed with myself and I can tell it's starting to annoy my girlfriend, but I can't stop myself from asking, do you like me? I don't want to push her away with my neediness, oh but I can... S <laughs> <laughs> Stevie! We have to help Spencer! Uh, we have to help Spencer. Okay, but... <laughs> Hold on, it's almost over. Okay. I don't want to push her away with my neediness, but I can slowly see it happening. Any advice would be much appreciated. Love, Spencer. Okay. Wow. Okay, Spencer, first of all, I have three dogs. And I've dated men who have one dog. And I sincerely thought this might be an ex-boyfriend. And if it is, you called our hotline. And if it's not, wow, weird detail to mention. <laughs> um, but okay, so yeah, I think everyone needs reassurance. And um, I think in a relationship, getting... For me, reassurance can look many different ways. But if you've ever read the five languages of love, you might have a better sense of the ways in which you need reassurance. Some people need physical touch. Some people need gifts. Um, and some people need words of affirmation. And for me, words of affirmation means a lot in a relationship. So a lot of the time, I kind of express to a partner that like, hey, I really like the verbal feedback you're giving me. Like, I like hearing that people like me and things like that. And when I don't hear it, I also have those little voices in my head being like, does he like me? Is what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. Um, that's normal. I think that's very normal in a relationship and probably very normal depending on what type of attachment uh, you have 
there's a book called Attached that speaks on, about attachment theory. Um, but there's like anxious, there's um, secure, avoidant. and there's avoidant. And so, you know, the anxiously attached usually have the like chatter that's like, oh God, does this person like me? Who knows? Whatever. Um, but I think knowing what you need in a relationship, whether it's like verbal feedback or whatever, you can ask for it. Ask for it. It's okay that you need reassurance. I do think it's annoying when people try to go about getting reassurance in roundabout ways. I think just be direct with people. Clarity is kindness and it sort of um, it sort of puts you back in your power instead of like a victim to whatever the other person says. Sure. Um, this might be totally unhelpful, but I can't help but think of there is a uh, pre-viral, pre-YouTube, uh, but I, it is on YouTube now. There is a um, James Brown interview. Uh, where he's on a local news station and he is extremely drunk or at or just in some sort of manic state. It's unclear what, but he's kind of talking gibberish and he starts singing Living in America, his hit song, and the, the female interviewer is, is very thrown and doesn't know what to do. And at one point, um, he interrupts her and he says, I'm just concerned because nothing's wrong. And it's so funny and it's stuck in my head for years. It is like a full on brain worm and it just pops into my head at certain points. And your email made me think of I'm just concerned because nothing's wrong. And yeah, I think so often and it could be, you know, it could be attachment style. It could be the need for reassurance. But I think so often when you settle into a comfortable place in your relationship, um, you can kind of come up against a wall and think, should I be making trouble? What's going on? Do I thrive in conflict? You know, is are we just sitting here watching a movie because we love each other? Or is there a deafening silence we and we bored? both want to say yeah. something? Um, and so I think more importantly than do you like me as a question to ask to your partner, I think you should ask yourself, do I like this? Because if you're in a situation that feels good, holistically like all in soup to nuts the whole thing feels good i don't know if those questions are going to keep popping up if you feel good and feel supported by your partner and you feel like you are that to them too it seems like there's no problem yeah yeah especially saying there's no problem are you just concerned because nothing's wrong yeah, then that happens. That happens. We fill our brains with chatter because things being okay feel weird to us. But I think, you know, if it feels, if this relationship feels good to you and you enjoy it and you enjoy this other person, I think settling into um, it and allowing is great. Allow your relationship. You're, you're allowed to be happy in it. And if that chatter keeps happening, I also think you could see um you know a therapist or outside help it usually helps with that stuff so that you don't bring that chatter into the relationship it's always very helpful to talk to somebody else besides your partner about this, this stuff yes i agree um you ready for the next one yes this is our last one yes very specific great okay um uh, from monroe hey i like researching stuff so here you go this is just from looking online, though. Not any personal recommendations from someone I know who has used any of these. But here's my top picks from looking around and considering quite a few different product features, sources, articles, and reviews, good and bad. And just so you want to, um, just so everyone knows, the email is entitled "Natural Deodorants for Women." We mentioned somewhere on one of our episodes that none of them are good. This yes, I think we were we were railing against Tom's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom's of Maine. Yeah. So, um, so he basically researched 
three nice natural deodorants. I'm going to list them here. Uh, incredible, but also so strange. Natural deodorants. Here we go. Schmidt's Sensitive Skin Formula Jasmine Tea. The other scents include fragrance-free. Mm, Great research. Plain. M3 Naturals Green Tea and Aloe. Extra good Amazon reviews for men and women. Hello. Schmidt's Natural Deodorant Charcoal and Magnesium. Many scent options and affordable. Love to have <laughs> options. Thank you, Monroe. That's really one of the funnier emails we got. And also, um, I hope that helps someone. And I hope someday natural deodorant isn't the worst. <laughs> maybe some of those, maybe maybe one of those is, is, is the key. I hope so. Um, okay, Dave. So on my Instagram stories, I asked people their worst first date stories. And in all sincerity, I got some horrific answers and I want to share them with you. I was sitting next to you when you put that question out and I think within one minute you had already had like 10. Uh, it's it's bad. Okay. okay I'm going to keep I, I all have of, not these, heard any of these. I'm going to keep them all anonymous Great. Um, to protect whoever's identity and whoever also went on the date with them. Yes. We want you all to feel comfortable and we're going to do this again. So just le- really let them rip next time. Okay. Here we go. Great. And they had to be brief because they were in like very short little form answers. There's a character limit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is one of the answers. Had a guy legitimately tell me about his religion, Pastafarianism. No. And how it changed his life and how he needs more friends to study it with him. Pastafarianism is the spaghetti monster religion. Yeah, no, I'm familiar with Pastafarianism. And to say hard pass on that, you know? It's a little goofy. It's too goofy. Are you ready for another one? Yes. Once went on a date in LA with a lawyer who took me to Pink Taco for drinks and UCLA for the symphony. Mm. He was boring. (laughs) 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 That's because the setup is like, okay, I mean, Pink Tacos, whatever. Pink Tacos is a bad choice. But Symphony's a great choice. Yeah. He was boring. He was boring. The guac and symphony was fine. (laughs) A week later, my friend Sarah is telling me about this guy who took her to Pink Taco (gasps) and to UCLA for a concert. It was the same guy. No. Also, what a weird formula. I sometimes wonder that when I'm going on dates with guys, if it's like, is this their formula? Because I've watched my ex-boyfriends do the exact same things they've done with me. Really? With other girlfriends. Yes. Wait. Verbatim, same trips, same everything. Like, like this is not the same Airbnb, but like this is the same town or. Yeah, Dave. Fuck. So I've wondered the same thing. So apparently that happens. Okay. You got to switch it up, especially if you're going to Instagram those trips. Yes. Okay. So this person has two bad date stories. Um, but my favorite is definitely the last one. I went on my first ever Tinder date mm. and the plan was to grab coffee and then head to a local vineyard. He made me meet him in a Safeway parking lot. took me to the Starbucks drive-thru attached to the Safeway and then on our way to the vineyard told me he had been released from prison recently oh I get out of the car that's look I mean that's something you need to disclose first hey what's up uh it's so nice to meet you on tinder I uh, just got out of prison do you want to go to Safeway Look, I think that we <laughs> we treat our convicts terribly in this country. I'm not trying to be so hyper liberal about this right now, but I do think that it is a complete violation to disclose something like that when you're 
in a moving vehicle and you're behind the wheel and the person that you are taking is powerless. And yeah, and doesn't know you and much smaller than you. Anyway, yes. that sounds like a bad date. That sounds like a very bad date. Here's a terrible but, here's another one. How was the wine? <laughs> yeah, how was the vineyard? After Starbucks, weird combo. Yes, we oh let's have a frappuccino and then go oh. eat drink some red wine. Okay, this oh. this one's really bad. On a blind date Asked what he was looking for. So this is a woman asking a man what he's looking for in a Uh partner. And he responded, an Asian who's down, who's down to fuck. An Asian who's down to fuck. Woof. I mean, this sentence says an Asian who's down, who's down to fuck. I wonder if he said both of those who's downs. (laughs) Or, Or if it was like for emphasis because the other person just stared incredulously. So it's like, here, ask me what I'm looking for. Dave, what are you looking for in a partner? An Asian who's down. Down. Stevie's eyes are narrowing. Down for what? Down to fuck. Should I go? Yeah. Okay, bye. You should go. Oh, bad. What a bad response. I don't say that Not good. on a date. Not good. Um, this one this one quite literally is just two words. Yeah. It says face punch. Face punch. This was a man who sent this. Got punched in the face on a first date. Wow. I I can't I I, I was having um this is something I don't do anymore, but I'd say sometime uh, at least over a decade ago, I was having a very uh, friendly slapping contest with a with a woman, <laughs> and she was slapping me in the face, and then I'd slap her in the face, and it was like five people were around, and everybody was having a really fun time watching me get slapped in the face by this girl. Look, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I'm laughing just because in every relationship, in at one point in any relationship, you've we've all done this. Like I've done this with someone. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, this was not someone I was dating, but you know, whatever. What When you're 26, you got to make everybody laugh uh, in any way you can because yeah. you're an attention whore. Anyway, uh, she slapped me in the face. I slapped her in the face. She slapped me in the face. I slapped her in the face. She went to look like she was slapping me in the face with an open palm, pulled that palm back, put it into a <gasps> fist and punched me right in the chin. Ow. And man, was that not fun. So I can only imagine what it would be like if it was on a date with someone. Awful. Too vulnerable. That'd be awful. I've never been punched in the face and I'm grateful for that. And I hope it continues. Um, <laughs> I hope you continue to not get punched in the Me face. Me too. Um, okay. Uh, this will be the second to last one. Uh, a dude also said this one. Uh, told me she nervously ate a whole jar of olives before our first date oh. after she burped. No first kiss. No. I think a whole jar of olives, like to me, that's like pretty funny, but you can't also pair that with a burp. I, 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 I don't like, I mean, I don't really, I don't like olives at all. And so yeah. that's just really, that's a, that's a lot of olives. This is a really a tough one for me. And I want to, I want to say, I'm sorry, but I can't, this is kind of worse than the convict one. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree. And here's the last one. A girl invited me to her place to watch a movie, and the movie she chose <gasps> was Schindler's List. No! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine being like, hey, do you want to come over to my house to watch a movie? And you're like, sure. And I'm like, I'm playing my favorite Holocaust movie. My favorite Holocaust movie. I just can't imagine. Like- I mean, I do love the movie Schindler's List. As a Jew, I love that movie. I, as a Jew, I have not seen that movie. It is so long. (laughs) 
It's so, first of all, it's too long for a date. It's got to be what, like three hours long? I'm positive it's three hours. Um, it's like three hours. It's t- it when I was growing up, I had it on like in two different like oh, it was DVDs. the two VHS, yeah, or VHSs or whatever that are bound together by a rubber band. Two different ones because that's how long the movie is. That's like that. That's how Titanic was. Yeah, I would say that's a bad choice for first. That's a terrible choice for a first date. Unless you're both history buffs. Also, unless. Also, Unless you're both Nazis and you think it's like or, you shut it off before the end. Or both very Jewish. I guess. No, there's no context. No. First date, you messed up. Stevie, Dave. not to put you on the spot, what's the worst first date you've ever been on? Oh my gosh, are you ready? Yes. It, I always have this one ready because it was so bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm like 21, 22 Ooh. living in Los Angeles. All right, I keep changing the age, but I think I was 23, living in Los Angeles. Um, bartending. I meet a guy bartending. You I'm bartending? bartending. Mind you, I have no skills to bartend, so like that was okay, good dark times. Um, I meet a guy. Uh, he takes me on. He asked to take me on a date. I said yes. I had just gotten out of like a relationship. He picks me up an hour and a half late. First Great. of all. <laughs> Feels good. If you know anything about me, you know I'm always on time. And if someone's five minutes late, I'm worried about them. So if someone's on time, they're late because you're I'm early. Fifteen minutes early everywhere. Yes. Anyway, he's an hour and a half late. He picks me up in a bright orange car with a gigantic dog in the back. <laughs> okay. I have <laughs> huge dog. And he I get in and he goes, Don't worry. We're dropping the dog off at my baby mama's house. And I was like, roll that sentence back for a second. What? That's yours. We drive to the valley. (laughs) Yeah. To drop this dog off at his baby mama's house. He has like a seven-year-old daughter. I'm 23. The last thing I need at 23 is a man with a daughter, Mm -hmm. especially one that he refers to as his baby mama's house. Like all of that is like a little alarming for me. Yeah. In terms of just like, you're not an adult if you're referring to, you're not an adult. Mm-hmm. Drops the dog off. Takes about 15 minutes to drop the dog off. I'm in the car. I'm texting friends. And I'm like, I was at a Blackberry. So it was like before iPhone. God damn. I, I was texting friends like, should I get out of the car and run? Like I was terrified. We get to dinner at a Mexican restaurant in the Valley. He orders a white Russian. Ooh. And then he proceeds to order my food for me without cheese. Because he doesn't like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. This date was like 30 minutes. <laughs> Wait, what? How? Because I was just like not having it. He referred to his ex as a C-U-N-T. Did he spell it or did he say it? He said it, but I, I just find the word very offensive. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you to say it. I just, I wanted to know the distinction. He said it. And I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm sorry. Also, it was a different time, you know, like it, like that long ago is like, it's almost 11 years ago. That's a long time ago. Like when... Those things could even minorly fly in LA, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, nah. No. And I was like, I want to go home. Um, He took me home, but he didn't have any money for the valet, so I paid for the valet. Awesome. And I got home, and uh, the next day he texted me to ask if I wanted to go to a pool party with him tomorrow, and I said, nope. <laughs> and so that's the last I ever talked to him. Ugh. It was a terrible first date, and I can honestly tell you, I have no idea what his name was. 
I don't, that's good. If I ran into him today, I wouldn't know who he was. You don't. You, you remember what he looked like? I've I have facial blindness with men. I think they all, <laughs> to me all me, all white men look the same. So I have no idea what he looks like. Yeah, probably like six foot, dusty brown hair, maybe a little bit of a beard. Sounds about right. Dog in the back seat. I hope. Yeah, yeah. If I was like one of those. Um, if I ever had to like describe a man like to a detective who was like then drawing the person doing like a sketch, I, I dead serious. Every guy would just be like, I don't know. He looked like a white guy. He looked like a light brown hair, <laughs> normal face, normal face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I dead serious have like facial blindness when it comes to men. It's very strange. Hopefully the special ones stand out. A few of them. Yeah. A few of them. Do have you know what out. I look like? I know exactly what you look like. Okay, great. I know exactly great. what you look like. And I think I could draw you. <gasps> I bet you could. Dave, what was your worst first date? You know, in Wait, the interest of- is it worst first date or is it just worst date? I think it was uh, just worst did date. Did we say worst? I think it was just worst date. Huh. But that guy said first date, remember? In his. Yes, yes. It was just worst date. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think if it was uh, being like, kind of led around marina del rey uh where i had driven you know like an hour to, to 45 minutes to see someone that i reconnected with that i used to know in uh college but like hadn't seen in over a decade maybe like 12 years unnecessary we, reconnection already I'm totally unnecessary went to a place that i would call fine but then she was like i want to go play pool and we went to this place that was literally across the street from her apartment and she couldn't find it she was like i'm not sure which one it is and then we got <laughs> we like poked around and it, we walked into this bar that like genuinely she kept describing it as a meth bar with a pool table and i was like what does that even mean and we walked in and it no joke looked like someone had locate like a location scout had been like we need to shoot this scene from breaking bad in here and we played on this like broken pool table everyone looked at us like they wanted us to leave uh, the ending of the date was like too awful to talk about. It was either that one or that sounds the, honestly scary. Oh, that was a little bit scary, and and uh, and and yeah, it was the person ended up being a little bit unhinged. And you know, no offense to her, I hope she got the help she needed. Um, uh, but the uh, but it's tied for first with uh, the girl from Hinge with the fashion mullet two summers ago who. 40 minutes into our first date told me that she thinks about uh, homeless people like they're animals sometimes because she, and she can't help it and she knows it's bad. <laughs> oh, whoa. What yeah. a, first of all, she's a monster. That's a monster. Well, to her credit, she had just moved into a nice bungalow and within a month, um, a homeless encampment had moved in on her street. And so that's why we were talking about how she thought homeless people were animals. And she was telling me that story as if it was like a, a good enough segue to being like, I know it's wrong, but I just think about this. And I was like, this is a, I, I do this thing. Where I I'm, hate that. I do this really bad thing where when I'm not engaged in a conversation, I'll look at the ceiling and I wish that there was a camera on me for that. Cause my eyes were firmly glued to the ceiling. I would say mine mine would just be slowly shutting and I'd be making silent wishes to disappear. Please, <laughs> please let me disappear from this date. Please don't want to go away. Please just make this bad dream stop. Um, I had a date similar to that. I'll just uh, yeah. say it real quick. I had a date similar to that where I was on a date with a guy across from um, the this huge Scientology center. And um, he said to me, that he's kind of a Scientologist. Oof, no and, such thing. Which is what I said. I said, I don't think you can kind of be a Scientologist. I think you have to be in or out. Yeah. Which 
hard for me to be the person telling him that, first of all, you know, yeah. uh, his his religion. And then he told me that he thought all homeless people should just uh, be like va- vanish. I'm going to use the word vanished <sighs> because the other word is too dark. And I said, oh, no, you're a bad person. That's a bad person. You want all homeless people to just. Oh, she's having a bad dream. Your little dog, Lauren. Is and I think we should not cut this out because oh, so I think that we, with these stories, have incepted her. I think she might be having a nightmare about humans on a bad date. She's having tiny puppy nightmares. What would like a puppy nightmare be? Like it would be Lauren, your dog, on a date doing like Lady and the Tramp, except the spaghetti is like um, human hair. <laughs> <laughs> the spaghetti's human hair and. <laughs> And your owner's like in the restaurant over and you can smell them, but you can't go to them. Yeah. Oh, that's way cuter. I'm going to say that instead of the human hair part because that's just really grotesque. It was so gross. Um, um, this was so, so much fun. So fun, Dave. Thanks for... Hey, you know what's cool? What? You got me out of my bad mood. You got me out of my bad mood. Now both of us are in good moods and we can go party. And listeners, you got us out of our bad moods because yeah, thank hearing you guys. your voicemails, reading your emails and, and, and hearing those responses from Instagram, which we will definitely do again... Yeah. Uh, really made us uh, feel better, and uh, we'll be prompting you with more um, with more questions. You know, and if, if you have questions you want to be like, hey, use this as a prompt for Instagram. Oh yeah, email us. Yes, um, you know, not it's it's not a contest, but uh, Stevie is the verified Instagram account with more followers, so uh, more people see it and more people respond. So we will we will ask those questions on her account. It's a contest. Okay, you won. Thank you. Uh, you can email us at any time at. Uh, I burn everything pod at gmail.com. As you can see, we get all of your emails. We get all of your questions. We get all of your comments. And uh, these were really touching. And you can call us at 213-458-5236. That number again is 213-458-5236. And uh, I'm very, uh, I'm just, those calls were wonderful. They I were. hope we were able to be in some way helpful. And yeah. And just a disclaimer, we are not, therapists we are not <laughs> we are not experts no. um this is advice or suggestions based on our own experience so if it doesn't ring true to you take what you want and leave the rest oh yeah disregard all of it if you want yeah please do please do throw um, us in the garbage trash us trash us um and d- actually don't trash us you can uh no, rate, we- review and subscribe on apple podcasts and we would love a five-star review uh we would really hate a one-star review <laughs> yeah please don't uh, five stars only and uh, yeah anywhere else you get your podcast you can listen to us but yeah all that stuff really helps and uh i'm gonna say right now we are hovering around uh 100 ratings on itunes Ooh, or on apple podcast please just someone push us over the edge if you subscribe and you haven't rated us yeah. just do it it takes one second the worst thing that might happen is they might prompt you to like uh, leave a review or, or, or a comment for Apple Podcasts, the app in general. You can just cancel that that prompt. Yeah. So just rate us five stars and uh, go eat a candy bar. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. I'm Hallie Labonte from Mega the Podcast. 
I'm a weekend producer at Twin Hills, a fictional megachurch in Broad Ripple, Indiana. And I'm Gray Haas. I'm the youth pastor of our church's teen ministry called Climax. On every episode of Mega the Podcast, we improvise with a new guest comedian playing a different character from our community. Tune in and hear episodes with guests like Cecily Strong. How would you me off or whatever? Sorry, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. You know what? It's covered in the blood. Rory Scovel. Uh, yeah, I said, hey, we could build houses or we could uh, we could build our faith in Christ out on a golf course. Eliza Coop. The way I plow the snow yeah. is uh, I'm not doing it by any other guidance except from from God. And Scott adds it. Physics is the proof of God. Wow. Because it's perfect. Oh. Uh, well. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. We couldn't think of physics. Right. Only he could think of physics. Isn't that right? We're on Campfire Media. Listen to Mega wherever you find podcasts. Campfire.